Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let's head to Alito, Texas. Carmen, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, my question is, uh, we I have the, my house is built in 86, and I have rich vents, uh, in my house on my roof, uh-huh. and um, and and it gets really really hot up there. So I was thinking, is could I go ahead and install those um, electric exhaust vents for it to try to cool the attic a little bit more? Is that even smart to do that since I have these ridge vents? I just don't think they work that good, in my opinion. And do you um, have? Do you have soffit vents to go with those ridge vents? Um, you mean the those little vents on the oh, yeah, on, on the eaves? Yeah, on the eaves. Yes, I have yes. some. I think I need to add more. There's one side of my house, the south side, that doesn't seem to have as many. Yeah, and, it has and like that, one or two. <laughs> and that's not enough. And that's probably why it's not working well. And even if you put added uh, a power vent up there. It's still uh-huh. not going to work well because you've got to have intake to go with the outtake. Okay. And uh, if you don't have enough air coming in, then there's no air to go out. Typically, okay. for for a, a good ventilation system, for every 150 square feet of attic space you have, you need to have one square foot of ventilation. And we put 60% of it in the soffit. 40% on the roof for the air to go out in order to have good airflow. And the problem most people run into is the builders put a, a little vent every 15 feet, and that's just not enough. Okay, so like how 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 spread out should I have them? Like this thing right here is maybe like 15, 20 feet, and there's yep. only one. I would put two in between each of those. So add two more. Okay. Yes. Uh, and and right. typically, I, I personally like to use continuous soffit vents just because then I don't have any questions. I know I've got great air coming in, uh, and it, it it really makes a huge difference. Not only will it help cool in the attic, it's going to help with your energy cost as well. That means that it just runs from one end to another? Is that what you're calling yes. continuous? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I didn't even know that that existed. If if you go back to the houses that were built in the 50s and 60s and earlier than that even, remember they used to have that continuous uh, screen that ran on the bottom? Air could just continuously go up. Then they they got in their heads. uh, Nobody wants to look at that. That's when they started putting in just these little vents. Now Hardy has a continuous soffit where it's perforated all the way along, and that's what I use in, in my own house. But if you're going to put just those little vents, you really need to have them like every four or five feet all the way around. Okay. Since I have these vents, yeah, uh, you know, the width of them, is this continuous? Is that, I mean, do I have to replace any kind of lumber, any kind of wood, you know, there? No, ma'am. Uh, are these things narrower or just the same width? Uh, you, you would, in order to put a continuous in, you would change out the soffit board, and 
it just nails on to the rafters up there so it's not a big change out but it would be a change out and honestly if i was you i wouldn't change it out i would simply add more of the vents that you have because the contractor can go in with a hole saw or a, a large drill and drill the holes put the vent over it and you're getting the same thing done i know a lot of projects are going to be done this summer a lot of people are thinking about what they're wanting to do their home. The biggest thing I want you to think about, though, is how are you going to check the contractors out to make sure you get a good one? Because there's a lot of bad contractors out there. And the way you got to deal with it here in Texas is you basically have to check out the referrals and stuff. If you don't, you're going to get burned because there are no regulations. It is, I shouldn't say no regulations. There's regulations on how things are supposed to be done, but as far as contractors, there's no licensing, no regulations of any kind on that, and that's where people get burned. They hire contractors who don't have experience or the skill set to do the work to, that they're needing done. So always take the time to check your contractors out. Now, how do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is one, get a referral list from them. And when you're calling on that referral list, you're not list looking to hear them say, oh, everything went great, this is a wonderful guy. You know you're going to hear that. You're looking for the subtle things that they say. Their work was excellent. Took longer than it should have because they were working three jobs and, and uh, weren't here every day working on this job. That tells you eh, that may not be the guy you want to deal with. You want a contractor that when they get on your job, they've got things lined out to where your job stays moving every day until completion. And that's just a coordination issue. Secondary thing, hire somebody who's got a real office. If they're working out of the pickup, chances are good they're not going to be there long. The first time they have an issue, they're gone. Are they going to be cheaper? Hey, could be. But how good a job is it if you can't get in touch with them if there's a problem? And if you'll follow just those two items, you'll end up with a contractor who'll get the job done right for you and be there to help you out if something ever comes up again. He's asking about electrical. Hooking a generator to a small breaker box. Due to lack of vendor-provided electricity, we need to hook a, a generator when needed not permanently, to a two-circuit breaker box installed on a container storage shed. Key points, electrician is installing a breaker box with, a two, with two 20-amp circuit breakers in the container. The electrician will provide a pigtail at the breaker box. Is it appropriate using a short extension cord of the appropriate gauge wire to connect my generator to the pigtail originating from the circuit breaker box. Don, anytime you can eliminate a an extension cord, you are much better off. If the pigtail is not long enough to be able to reach to where your generator is, then you got no choice but to use an extension cord. And yes, you're going to want to use a heavy duty extension cord. None of this, you know, 14 gauge stuff step up get the big boy stuff you know you're looking at 10 gauge or better 
in order to do this properly. The shorter the cord, the better you are. You don't want to have line loss for the power going through the cord. So to answer your question on the short term, can you do it? Absolutely. Does it, should it be done? Well, in some cases you got no choice. Uh, but again, keep it as short as possible so that you don't have any issues with it. Uh, ideally what you would do is have a long enough pigtail coming off the box on the, the, the uh, container that you can plug it straight in. On Friday morning, I happened to walk into my bathroom and heard water pouring. I saw water starting to corner my entire bathroom floor, or cover, it should say, my entire bathroom floor. It was only about two or two and a half feet from reaching the door into the hallway. On inspection, I saw that the toilet tank had cracked from the tip rim to the bottom. I'm wondering how and why this would happen. No one had ever been using the, that bathroom. I live alone, alone and generally always use my master bathroom. What could cause this? It is an inexpensive toilet with the dual flush on top of the tank. It only costs about $99. I didn't pick this one. It was put into my house by the contractor after the house flooded from Hurricane Harvey. This comes from Marie in Baytown. Okay, there's a couple of things that can cause this. And it, it, a lot of times it comes down to the installation. There's two bolts that hold the tank onto the base of the toilet. And if those bolts are over-tightened, just temperature changes can change the compression and that can crack the tank. Uh, other things that could cause it, if the bolt started to corrode over time and that adds a little more pressure to it, again, that can crack the tank. Remember, porcelain has no give to it at all. It's not a flexible thing, so anytime it's got pressure applied to it, it can go ahead and crack and cause a problem. And I hate to tell you, that's more than likely what happened to you, Marie. Since our first question of the day is plumbing, we might as well talk about the licensing issue that's taking place here in Texas on plumbers right now. You know, I'm down here at the home show, and I just had somebody stop by about 20 minutes ago who's moving here from Phoenix, and they're getting ready to do a major remodel on their house. We talked for a little bit. They were amazed when they came here and started looking into buying a house and remodeling it the first thing they tried to, to look up was licensed contractors in Texas. We don't have licensed contractors in Texas. You can have your whole house remodeled, and not one person has a license. And now we're headed down that same road with plumbers. We've had licensed plumbers in Texas for decades. And the licensing board for plumbers got sunsetted in this last legislative session. Uh, basically what happened is, and, and I'm going to give you my opinion on it, these guys overregulated themselves. I mean, originally we had a master plumber, a journeyman, an apprentice. You start as an apprentice, you become a, a journeyman, and somewhere down the road you were able to take the master test, become a master. Then we started adding all this other junk in there, the tradesmen, the drain cleaners, uh, 
you, a master now had to step up and become a a uh, responsible master in order to run a company and stuff. And we have basically overdone it. It became so convoluted that some of these guys were waiting as much as eight and nine months to take the test to move up when their time came. That was ridiculous. And so when it was looked at by the Sunset Committee, it was decided they would not renew. Every seven years, these different uh, agencies have to be renewed or it goes away. What they were supposed to do, though, is roll it in under the TDLR, which is the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation. The plumbing license was the only licensing board sitting out there all by itself like that. Yes, you've got the for the engineers and, and uh, lawyers, you've got their own groups. But as far as trades, your AC guy, his license goes through the TDLR. Uh, all they, they, The t TDLR runs 41 different licensing regulation groups. There was no reason they couldn't take up the plumbing. Our legislators, in their infinite wisdom, were too stupid to get it done in a timely manner, and now we're going to be sitting here come September with no license at all. Do I think it was right to shut down the Texas Department of uh, Plumbers you know, and, and, and re do away with that? Truthfully, yeah, I do, because I think they overregulated themselves, and they made it too difficult. However, plumbing needs to be licensed. It should have fallen back under TDLR, they should still have the master, they still should have the apprentice, and they still should have journeyman plumbers to away with all this other convoluted stuff. What all does a plumber do for you? You know, we all know about pulling the toilet and putting in water heaters and, and all that kind of stuff, but they also run the gas lines and things like that. And that's actually how plumbing license got started was there was a big explosion back in the 47, I believe it was, and... Out of that explosion in a schoolhouse that killed a lot of kids and stuff came the plumbing license. But they overdid it. And it's time to clean it up. And I know a lot of plumbers are trying to use that, saying, oh, this is going to happen all over the place. I'm sorry. We had a house blow up last year and kill a kid here in the Dallas area because of leaking gas lines. That can still happen. But is the whole state going to go to heck in a handbasket because we don't have licensed plumbers overnight? No. What I think is going to happen is we'll probably end up having a special session called so they can vote it in and set it up under the TDLR, and they're going to have to go through all the setup phase. And, and quite frankly, I've worked on these type of legislations before for the Foundation Repair Association. I helped write one tried to push it through the legislative session two different times. We got very close once, but it can be done. And that's really, I think, what's going to happen. Worst case scenario, it waits until the next legislative session, which is, at this point, a year and a half or so from now. So we would go roughly a year or so with no licensing of plumbing contractors at all in the state of Texas. If that happens, is everything going to crumble? No. 
because your plumbing companies are still established. And if you're smart, you'll stick with those established plumbing companies and not hire bootleg contractors who are opening their door simply because there is no license required any longer. The downside of this could be if they take too long, companies who have opened up may get grandfathered in with no experience, no education, and they could be a problem. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think a special session will be called, and we'll, we're going to end up seeing it moved under the TDLR. I think we're going to have a period of time, though, where the sunset of the existing licensing is gone before TDLR is ready to get their portion of it going. It's got to be a transition time. So is this going to be a major issue for all of us initially? No. The longer we go without licensing, the bigger issue it'll become. But please keep in mind, the things we have nowadays that we didn't have back when this all started, we've got national building codes. We have southern building codes. We have cities that require permits and inspections. As a homeowner, you need to make darn sure everything you have done by plumbers that requires a permit is permitted. So what requires a permit? Technically, you change a water heater, you need a permit and inspection. That's what's going to help keep things clean in the meantime. Just because a plumber carries a license doesn't mean they're doing everything the way it's supposed to be. It just means you've got a better chance of it being done the way it's supposed to be. The stopgap is going to be the inspectors when those permits are pulled. Homeowners, don't pull your own permits. Make sure the contractor is going in to pull those permits. And I think you're going to see a lot of municipalities, even though the licensing is gone, that they're still going to require whoever's coming to get those permits has a license. Even though it's no longer being used, they're going to want to know that somebody who knows what the heck they're doing is still responsible in pulling it. We're going to have a, a, a little bit of chaos here. I think it'll get straightened out. And legislators, pull your head out. Get it taken care of sooner than later. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Josh, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, sir. Kind of, uh, two kind of quick ones for you, interconnected questions. I have two dogs, both very old and have very sensitive skin. I just bought a brand-new house. Um, my wife got married the the area we live in, uh, the ba right in our backyard, they have interconnected lakes. The whole neighborhood does, and they are having it. You know, they they put stuff in the water for the mosquitoes, but that, that whole area is just so wet anyway. They right. they uh, real bad mosquitoes. But also, uh, you know, I want to put some stuff down for fleas, but um, my dogs just have super sensitive skin, and I know you know a lot of natural remedies and stuff. And the second part was underneath the deck. I, I, it's got a huge deck that goes out to the lake and, and then a, 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 a dock actually in the water. And the weeds are starting to come up through. And I didn't just want to spray a bunch of chemicals under there you know, to, to kill the, the grass and the weeds poking through. So I didn't know right. what, I, what I could use, kind of a natural remedy that wouldn't affect my dogs. Okay, for the fleas and, and you know, mosquitoes and all that stuff, take a look at cedar side. It's C-E-D-A-R-C-I-D-E. -E. Uh, they have, yeah, they have some great products for that. Okay. Where can I find that at? 
Uh, they're, they're actually located up in Spring, Texas, but uh, Spring their Texas. website is cedarside.com. Awesome, awesome. Okay. And, and they, they'll the still ship the stuff. They'll, they'll ship the stuff out to you. Uh, and they actually have chips and stuff that you can put around the house. It helps, you know, for the uh, bugs from coming in the house. They have stuff specifically designed to put on animals as well uh, that will take care of the fleas and mosquitoes and things like that. Okay. Now, awesome. as far as the plants coming up through the deck, I don't know of anything uh, that's not a chemical that would be harmful to put on there. It's really going to be just a matter of uh, cleaning the stuff up periodically. Now, it, does it go all the way into the water, or is it just under the deck itself? Uh, well, the the deck the deck. No, it's not under the water, just under the deck itself. I had considered okay. putting down, like, black plastic and then some that, rocks. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. Because if it's awesome. only on the ground, what I would do is trim it down all the way, you know, uh, get out as much of the stuff as you can, put a black plastic down over it, and that'll keep the stuff from growing black, back up through it. Awesome, awesome. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Jenny, how are you today? Oh, fine, thank you. How can I help you? Um, I had a question about water softeners, um, and I heard somebody else talking about skin problems. My husband is suffering a lot with eczema right now, and somebody said, oh, you need to get, put a water softener in your house. You do. And, um, so I just wanted your opinion of it, and also if you have any um, brands that you recommend. You know, I just had one put in my house two weeks ago, uh-huh. and uh, I, I I don't have, I have skin that just itches like heck, and I've got a couple spots that really bother me, and I, I, I was doing the Dallas show this morning talking about the fact that I just stood in my shower and let that water run over me this morning because it felt so good. I put a filtration system and a softener in. Uh-huh. I used a, a system called Brita. B-R-I-T-T-A, just like the the little Brita drink things in the refrigerator. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love it. Okay. Okay. And um, one of the things that we have a problem with is that our water main is on the front side of our house. And so most people I know put water softeners in their garage. So is it okay to put it on the outside? Okay, and if you'll hold on just a second, I'm going to come back and address that with you because, uh, yeah, there are different things that you can do. We'll be right back. Okay, okay Jenny. Uh, if, like on my house, for instance, my water line came in in the front as well. We just mm-hmm. dug a little trench over to the garage, and what they do is they take the pipe that's coming in, they cut it, they reroute it over to the garage, to the filtration and softener and then a second pipe goes back and it hooks back into the line going into the house okay and then you just bury up the trench and everything is fine okay okay um all right now but you ask can they can they go outside they actually can uh they do have it where these systems can actually be buried in the ground Mm -hmm. Uh, but Mm -hmm. you're going to have to have something to go over the top to to protect it and the looks of it and such. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. The only place I can do is like hide it under a tree. Uh, because yeah. our house is really long, and so we would be doing like a 40-foot run to the garage um, from I did. the water right now. Yeah, so, mine, mine was uh, probably 45 feet. Okay. All right. Well, that's possible then. Frank, how are you? I'm doing good, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, they said uh, they have to be quick. Hey, I've got mold yep. growing up in my son's bathroom. I think he takes showers too long, and the uh, doors are always closed. So uh, I was thinking about putting an exhaust fan in or another one. Who do, what tray do I use to get that done? Would it be uh, air, no, AC or would it be electrician yes, or what? It's it's normally done with the HVAC contractors. Is there already a fan in there? Yeah, there is one. Yeah, over in the toilet area. Uh, and then okay. It's a good sized bathroom, but uh, he's still got too much steam building up in there. I think. Yeah. So I should go shut to the water heater bath. down, and he'll take shorter showers. Right. <laughs> Turn the damn water <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. But I yes, a, an H. Yeah, and it will. That'll help tremendously. Uh, an HVAC contractor, though, is is definitely who you would call. And they do have optional fans nowadays that have a humidistat. So when the humidity level does hit too high, it'll automatically kick that fan on to help you out with that. What, what brand would that be? Uh, all, virtually all of them have that available now. Okay, so just look for the one that has some type of humidity of, of, uh, yep. trigger on it of some sort. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Thank you, Jim. Hi, Jim. Love your show, and I hope you can cover this area of home ownership. I live close to a lake, and although the mosquitoes are not that bad, after a good rain, my backyard is covered in mosquitoes. I've used the spray-on application cutter, and it seems to work for a while, but if it rains again... We have to start all over again. Is there a mosquito product or contractor that you would recommend? We also have one of those white light bug zappers, and it literally gets covered with so much dead mosquitoes that I have to clean more often than I thought I would have to. Please help. I don't want my family to get sick from West Nile or other mosquito-borne illnesses. Thank you. Okay. Here's the problem. After a big rain, yes, whatever chemical you sprayed out there and stuff is washed away and you are starting over. Uh, there are some plants that you can put out that help towards t uh, keeping mosquitoes away and stuff like that. But in general, every time it rains, you're going to have to redo it a little bit. Now, things that can help, though, have it where you don't have standing water around the yard. You know, the, the mosquitoes have to have a place to breed, and it doesn't take them much water to be able to breed and, and raise. So if you can, you know, any uh, plants that you have out there, things like that, that uh, the, the, the little saucer underneath the pot, have all that stuff where it's not holding water, helps that much more to keep the mosquitoes away. But... Uh, I'm, I'm afraid your big thing is going to be that you're going to have to reapply each time. Even when uh, companies that come in and do, like Mosquito Nicks and, and companies like that, that do this for a living, they're given a little bit of application virtually daily in order to keep the stuff away. So I think that's what you're going to be stuck with doing. I'm having a pool installed in my backyard. Proper measurements weren't taken with the patio elevation as it relates to the pool. So the pool builder has to add 
a lot of backfill in order to get a level deck with the patio. The patio is too low. The backfill covers the weep holes in the brick on the side of the house. I know the importance of these weep holes, but they insist that if they cut in new weep holes above the deck, everything would be fine. This Is this an acceptable practice? Ronald, your pool contractor is blowing smoke up your butt. No, it's not acceptable. The whole purpose of those weep holes is moisture hits the brick. It can go through the brick and the mortar and stuff, run down the backside, and it comes out the weep holes. There's what's called a brick ledge, and that's an inch and a half, inch and three quarters lower than your floor inside the home. And so when the water's running down, it runs all the way down to that brick ledge in order to come out. What they're going to do is fill it up, and instead of water coming out through the weep holes, water's going to come to the inside. Chances are you're typically never going to notice it because it'll get onto, if you got carpet, it'll get into the pad and carpet, and usually it's going to probably evaporate before you get enough there to see it, but it's doing damage to the sill plate, to the carpet, and div padding and things like that. So don't let him do what he's talking about doing. And I'll leave it at that. I can't tell you what the proper fix is because I, I haven't seen the project to see if there's something they can do to, to change it or not. But definitely, you don't need concrete higher than the wall inside. I, I will guarantee you that will give you problems. And, you know, as a contractor, sometimes it's hard to, to swallow, but sometimes we have to redo some of our work. And this may be one of those cases where they need to step up. It could be as simple as cutting the top of the pool off and lowering it down yeah it's going to make the depth of your pool maybe a little bit shallower but that might fix some other problems much better for the long haul anyways i i hope that helps you out but yes definitely don't let them plug those You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.